you with the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. Welcome back to the show, week 16. If you had Pooka Nakua last night, oh, you feeling so good. You feeling oh, yeah. so good right now. I had Puka Nakua in all my lineups, and I feel so, so, so good. I'm hoping that uh, my players don't shit the bed on Saturday and Sunday. We'll see. But uh, welcome to the right. show, guys. I'm here with Zach. Zach's back. Um, we're talking Ooh. wide receivers. We're talking tight ends going into week 16. I talked to Steve about quarterbacks and running backs in yesterday's show. So if you didn't catch that show, and you need to hear more about quarterbacks and running backs going into week 16, please go listen to that show. But we'll be talking wide receivers and tight ends here. Thank you for joining, everybody. I hope you're listening because you're in the semifinals. You need to, you need your players to perform. If you had Cooper Cup last night, um, you know, you're kind of disappointed because, you know, you, you see what Puka did. You see what Demarcus Robinson did. You know, you see what Matthew yeah. Stafford did. You know, had a very good game. Very solid fantasy performance for Matthew Stafford. Just like just, he was just sharp. He just knew exactly what was going on. Open. Yeah. Boom. Boom. Gotcha. Boom. Boom. Touchdown. Easy. So I will say this. I, he yeah, did miss Pukunakua wide open on the one. I don't know if you're watching the game, yeah. but Pukunakua yeah. had like eight yards separation on the guy. And it, there was pressure. Yeah. I'll give him that. But it could have been an even bigger day for Pukunakua. So it, Matthew Stafford was sharp, though. Let's not take it away from him because that was actually a tough matchup on paper. And he came through. Yeah, it was. Um, not easy. And he came through. So if you had Puka, you're, you're feeling pretty good right now. Uh, Kamara? Kamara? No. Um, Come are, you, are you feeling? No, no are you feeling out. good? Uh, <laughs> are you feeling good? Uh, not really. You're not really feeling no. good. Nine carries for 19 yards. Five catches, 16 yards. Um, not not great. You know when you have a total under four yards. Basically, you only had some sort of fantasy points if you play in PPR because you had five receptions. Right. But that's about it. Um, yeah, was hardly involved. Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams. You know just getting way too much work you know we saw this like the last two years you know under this head coach like just randomly like plugging in players like jamal williams four carries um wait no he had more than four carries didn't he jamal williams had last night i I see that he had two jamal williams had he only had two carries oh man based on what sleepers showing me yeah for for some reason like when i was watching the game i just felt like he was on the oh yeah absolutely yeah no i feel you but there wasn't right. a whole lot. There weren't a whole lot of running back touches to go around in that game because they were down from the get. <laughs> it was a very negative game script, so they hardly got the ball to the running backs in terms of you know who was carrying the ball. I mean, I, I don't think my sleeper app is wrong. This is just what I'm looking at. It's the box score, and I know we, we flame people sometimes for just looking at the box score, but I see I see two carries and then you have one catch on one target. But still, that's way too much anyway. Like Alvin Kamara should be getting all of the touches. (laughs) It it shouldn't be a question at this point. It's way too much when Alvin Kamara can't get enough touches to get it done. Um, And and, and it it really sucks to see. Hopefully, other players can can compensate for that. But Chris Olave, though, Chris Olave had his best fantasy game of the season when it mattered most. All right. So he was a high end wide receiver, too, for me this week. And he ended up coming through. Uh, him and Puka last night. If you had either of those guys or both of those guys, you're looking pretty. You're looking pretty. And then Kyron Williams did Kyron Williams things. Uh, didn't have a huge blow up game or anything like that, but very solid. Hundred yards rushing yeah. and a touchdown. Uh, he looked very good. Uh, you know there was a moment where he had to leave the game, and we saw a bunch of Rodney Rivers. Um, so it does look like the the handcuff is not. Um, what's his name? Royce Freeman. Royce Freeman anymore. Thanks, Jack. All right. Zach, Zach is like a you. full like ten years younger than me, um, more than that. Um, so <laughs> like, I'm 21. As as I, I forget you, stuff, but yeah. Oh, you're 21. Oh, 15 yeah. years. Jeez, <laughs> holy shit. Um, okay, that's crazy, right? <laughs> I don't even know yeah. why I hang out with you that much. It's kind of creepy. Um, <laughs> well, Zach is here to like make sure that as I forget things in my old age, Zach is here to help me out but yeah Royce Freeman not the handcuff anymore it looks like it's back to Ronnie Rivers like it was early on in the season this offense is just moving dude they're gonna make some noise in the playoffs you can you can tell I I love it and that's fantastic like Matthew Stafford's a completely different Matthew Stafford than the one we saw earlier in the season and that's obviously what's driving the offense you know just the passing game is going to open up the running game but Kyron Williams too coming into the season 
we weren't looking at this Rams offense as anything because we were like, oh, Matthew Stafford, he's coming off the injury. We're not sure what he's going to yeah. look like. Cooper Cup, he's not going to be there. Puka Nakua wasn't a thing. Kyron Williams wasn't on the map. This is a completely, completely different team than we thought it would be coming into the season. I think that's part of what makes it really, you know, exciting because <laughs> these are all top 10 guys at their position, you know, all of these guys. And suddenly Demarcus Robinson's like, you know, relevant over the past four weeks. The target shares haven't been there, but this is, it has the look of an offense that can make those guys, obviously with the playmakers, they're going to be fantasy relevant. They're going to be very good. But now you have guys like Demarcus Robinson. You can make guys that weren't fantasy relevant, fantasy relevant again. It's like that power is just like spreading out through the offense. I love to see it. I'm, I'm not worried about this offense at all, you know, especially going into the playoffs. That's going to be the least of their questions. And it's great because the Rams, it's just, it's just nice to have more fancy players in the pool. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I didn't I think there was going to be much coming out of this offense. And it's just nice to have it. One of the pleasant surprises that we've had this season. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's get to some news. Marquise Brown, Hollywood is ruled out. Thank God. You know, we don't. he's not an option because when he is an option, you're like, all right, well, should I put him in my lineup or not? All he gives you is donuts. Um, absolutely yes, brutal. Donuts uh, but, but Trey McBride, though, like he's obviously going to be in your lineup and, you know, he's going to be the clear target earner regardless. So he's, whether he's in your flex or whether he's in your tight end slot, it doesn't matter. Make sure he's in your lineup. Okay. Absolutely. People yep. ask me all the time, is he flex worthy? Yeah, he's flex worthy. He's like a wide receiver too. Exactly. Right now. It, it, you know it feels I mean? weird putting a tight end in a flex because you never do that. <laughs> You've never had this surplus of tight ends. It's like there's always been like four tight ends at the top. It, it's been Travis Kelsey, Hawkinson, you know, these other guys that just sit at the top. Mark Andrews, it was before he went down. And then you never think twice about putting, you know, another tight end in your lineup. But suddenly, Trey McBride, like you mentioned, we put the post out on it. He's the overall tight end one since week eight in points per game. Like you can't bench that. There's there's no argument for it. Yeah. Uh, Zach Wilson's out as well. Um, and, and why is that relevant? It's because like right. it kind of matters uh, because the quarterback situation behind Zach Wilson has been abs- if If you think Zach Wilson's bad, the quarterback <laughs> situation behind Zach Wilson has been absolutely terrible. Trevor Simeon should get the start this week. Um, I think Garrett Wilson, you know, you, you, I moved him down. Can't move him down too much because, I mean, he has a he has a like a low end borderline wide receiver two for me now. He was a yeah. mid wide receiver two for me before this, and maybe even a high end wide receiver two, especially with this matchup against Washington. Mm-hmm. It's like one of the best matchups you could have, and you know you were hoping that Zach Wilson plays because you know that he's going to get a dunt with Zach Wilson, especially in this matchup, potentially even get a touchdown, something he hasn't seen you know, from Zach Wilson since like week one, you know? So, um, this is something that, you know, we were hoping for, we're not going to see it, but I think Garrett Wilson's still startable, but you have to temper expectations. Yeah, you have to. And it's just really disappointing. And I, I I was in the Instagram comments, obviously I was looking at it. People were asking when I, when we put that post out there, like, what's the difference between Zach Wilson, and Trevor Simeon? Like, is there that big a difference? It's like, yeah, you wouldn't think there would be, but there is, there's a huge difference because in four games where Zach Wilson played hundred percent of the snaps since, since their bye, So that's weeks eight through 10. And also week 14, Garrett Wilson, he was averaging 13 targets a game, eight receptions and 95 yards. Like he was very, very good. You know, he was looking at least he had that baseline. He was a wide receiver too. And you had him, we would have had him ranked if Zach Wilson was playing as a mid wide receiver too, right there with, with maybe even a little bit of upside in this matchup because the commanders have just been terrible on the back end. So really just disappointing that he can't play, but yeah, you have to move Garrett Wilson down. Also Brees Hall got to move him down too. It's just the Jets offense. They're, they're a quarterback away and they're just having so many issues with that position. It's just crazy. Like if it wasn't bad enough, where you have quarterbacks who just aren't playing well. Now quarterbacks are getting hurt. <laughs> You're left with Trevor Simeon. I don't have any faith in the offense, but I do think the matchup and the fact that Garrett Wilson, someone's going to have to be catching passes. You know, Garrett Wilson's going to have a baseline, but I, the ceiling isn't there like it would have been with Zach Wilson. And Brees Hall, too. You know, I think even with Brees Hall, the matchup, my concern with Brees Hall is like, can they sustain drives? And I think with Zach Wilson, they have a better chance of sustaining drives, better chance of moving down the field, better chance at touchdowns, the receptions, you know, and the just the overall quality of the offense is better with Zach out there. So, and you've seen that without Zach, Brees hasn't had too many good games, right? right. Um, he had that one good game against Buffalo. You know, he ended up scoring a couple times and that's great, but no, it's not ideal. Um, yeah, he. I think he only ended up scoring once in that game, but he just had a bunch of receptions. So, you know, I moved him down as well. You know, he's kind of a you know low end 
Is he a low in RB2 for me this week? Oh my God, that's brutal. It, it, that's it feels brutal. bad. And it, it's just so disappointing talking about these guys, like I said, in this way. Brees yeah, Hall and Darryl, moving him down. the most talented guys. Yeah, down to a low in RB2 this week. That's absolutely disappointing. <laughs> Sour. So bad. Don't like that. It's so bad. Hopefully, I think I have through if you have if you have to if you have to start him, I get it, you know, and I think he's still very startable because the matchup is good. He has a mm-hmm. big playability too. But that's kind of what you're banking on. Yeah. Um, a couple other running backs. Kenneth Walker. I was hoping that he would play this week because I mean I'm sorry. I was hoping that he would take over, <laughs> but like <laughs> he hasn't practiced these last two days with a shoulder injury. Uh, not what you want to see because now. Even if he gets like a full practice on Friday, right? And then he ends up playing mm-hmm. this game, you're kind of worried about a split now, right? Like, we've seen if, that. He came, yeah. if he came out of the game, uns- and I keep using the word unscathed, I think unscathed is like the word of the year for me uh, this year. <laughs> but if so, yeah. Walker came, if he came out of the game unscathed, right? And then went into this game, like just practicing fully the entire week. You kind of have a lot of confidence that he's going to that touch disparity that we saw last week. You kind of can expect something similar this week against Tennessee, right? But now, even if he does play, you're like, well, like he might not be 100%, which means that in the games that we've seen with Walker not 100%, they have been leaning towards a split in this backfield. So, because Charbonnet is very capable. So now I'm way less confident in starting Walker if he does play. Yeah, I would be way less confident in it too. <laughs> and it's because, and it's odd how it works out, but it does work out that way. It's anytime, pretty much, Kenneth Walker's been on the injury report during the week, and they say that he's, he either gets a designation or he's limited up to this, the, the game time or through the last practice. Like It's been that split where Zach Charbonnet comes in. This last week was where it finally just didn't happen. You know, Kenneth Walker took over. He was able to come through in a tough matchup against the Eagles too. But now at this point, it's just like, can you trust it? Like, I don't think, I think the body of work we've seen from Kenneth Walker, where he he's in the split based on what he does during the week in practice is a lot more convincing and a lot more, you know, something that we can anticipate being the case a lot more than just Kenneth Walker taking over at this point. Cause I didn't know he, I didn't know he came out of that game with any type of designation, you know, before he was put on the injury report this week. Cause I, I thought he was fine, but it's just a pain in the butt with Kenneth Walker. I'm not going to expect too much from him. Obviously, you want to have a little bit more faith in him because he had that good game last week, but I haven't moved him up much higher. And if it ends up being that he's not going to be, you know, the guy because he's limited in practice, I might end up moving him down in my rankings a little bit more from where he's at. You know, it's something that, you know, I didn't notice in that last drive though of that game. He wasn't in the game on that last drive. And the last drive was relatively important. Charbonnet was yeah. in. So that's true. Someone to keep an eye on there. It sucks. Uh, Josh Jacobs did not practice uh, on Thursday. Obviously, their game is on. I think they play on Monday, right? The Raiders. I think they, they play on Monday. I think that's right. Yeah, they play on. Yeah, they're playing. Yeah. They're playing the Chiefs on Christmas. Monday. One o'clock. Um, the Christmas Day game. Uh, so keep an eye on his practice reports, right? Obviously, you would hope that he could he could practice. You know, after that, after he was like quote unquote close to playing last week. If he was close to playing last week, you would hope he would at least get a limited, right, Um, on a Thursday. But now he has Friday practice and Saturday practice. Keep an eye on that uh, before the Christmas Day game. Obviously, if he can't go, you know, Zamir White can be plugged in as like a high-end RB3 flex play. The Chiefs do give up. Um, they're, they're, They're pretty bad against running backs in terms of giving up a bunch of yards per carry. I think they're second worst. However, their overall defense is pretty good. So, yeah. in terms of them sustaining drives, that could be an issue. Okay. Yeah. If I'm if I'm um, not mistaken, I think I did see somewhere. I forget exactly where it was. So maybe don't quote me on this. Mm-hmm. But I did see that Antonio Pierce earlier in the week said that he was expecting Josh Jacobs to play. So yes, he does have that vote of confidence behind him. But <laughs> obviously, the practice reports aren't backing that up right now. So just pay attention right. to that. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Don't just like let that fly under the radar. Keep an eye on that, yeah. and we'll probably hear about that in the next hour or two. Hopefully, that's not um, like Ron Rivera last week saying that Brian Robinson would practice and he didn't practice and he didn't end up playing at all. So yeah, just yeah. Just, keep, just keep that in mind that you know monitor these practice sports to really see what's going on. Um, Keenan Allen is out. You know he's already been declared out. 
Um, you know, I understand that Josh Palmer had that big play last week, um, but that was yeah. it, right? Like it was just that big play, and the game was like over. <laughs> you know, was like, it? they were already <laughs> they were already down like forty points. Um, yeah, so. I wouldn't put too much stock into that. Buffalo's defense has been playing pretty well lately. Um, I, I don't really want to plug in Josh Palmer unless you know you're desperate for a flex play. You know, maybe with a little bit of upside, but otherwise, um, I would say that I wouldn't trust him. Now, I do want to say something real quick. Just, just, just a very quick note. I think Josh Palmer's better, a better player than I thought he was, because. Yeah. When Mike Williams went down, Josh Palmer came in and started demanding some targets, started producing, mm-hmm. and then he had this big play, you know, without with from you know East, you know, without Justin his quarterback. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta, I gotta get this. I gotta get this checked Dude, out. It, 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 you are like just going through it right now. I mean, it's like the holidays, and we're on Friday. We're just waiting. There's to get so the much going on. I don't you guys should see the behind the scenes text messages between Zach, myself, and our producer Mike. It's just like, hey, are we starting the podcast now? Nope. We're starting it later. No. When? I don't know. Hey, let's start right now. Sometime. I have I have an hour. Let's do it right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's 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 a little just a little crazy. Just a little crazy. Uh right. next week should be a lot, a lot better. But I always say so, that's um, what you were saying with Josh Palmer. Yeah. So he's beating the just a guy allegations. You, you yes. think he's over that? Yeah. Exactly. Because I, I think I agree with you. Because if you look at just his game log over the years, even these past couple of years, you know that he's been in the league. Every time there's been an injury, he comes in, he gets targets. <laughs> you know yeah. He gets targeted. And granted, he's had Justin Herbert. He's been in a pass-first offense, but obviously, not everybody can do that. Look at Quentin Johnson. <laughs> and I don't want to just pile yeah. on Quentin Johnson here by saying, you know, look at Josh Palmer and compare the two. But just from day one, pretty much, you know, Josh Palmer at the end of his rookie season, he was earning targets, and Quentin Johnson isn't doing that. So I, I think. You're onto something there with Josh Palmer. He he's beating the Jessica guy allegations, and we like to throw that jag term around a lot on the podcast. I know we use that for a lot of guys, but he is not one of them. I would agree. I think he's just a little bit better than just a guy. Right. Um, we, we need an acronym <laughs> for that. Uh, full practice for Michael Pittman. By the way, he, you know he had that concussion, that scary hit, but it looks like he's going to play. If you get if he's practice, he got a limited practice on Wednesday. Awesome. Full practice on Thursday. Even more awesome. Right. So yeah. the chances that he plays. Um, is pretty damn good. Um, and I might as well talk about him real quick. On yeah. paper, the Michael Pittman matchup doesn't look great. Atlanta is allowing the fourth fewest fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers this year. But Michael Pittman has got it done every single week for you, right? And also, Atlanta plays too high safety coverage at the fifth highest rate of any team. And Pittman ranks 12th in yards per route run against too high. So I think he'll be just fine. Um, you know, he does well against this type of coverage. He's been productive and he he literally has not had one game outside the top 17 wide receivers since week five. OK, so he's been super consistent. He's been getting yeah. it done. He hasn't had a dud in a long time. I guess, you know, if you don't count the, this past week when, you know, he got concussed. I don't even count that as a dud because he left, but he already had 11 points. <laughs> so yeah. like. I, there's like a special place in my heart. I don't know if it's that way for you, where if a player gets injured, I, I, I'm okay with a player getting injured if they put up a lot of points before they go out. And even 11 isn't that yeah. much, but for the amount of time he was in the game, like 11 points, there's a special place in my heart for that because that just tells you how good Michael Pittman is because even when he goes down, he's reliable. So he's been doing that all season. That's been the story. We, we could go on and on about you know the target shares and all that stuff that he's getting, but you can't take him out of your lineup. <laughs> he's just going to be in your exactly. lineup regardless. He's gotten it done in bad matchups. He's gotten it done in good matchups. Just just put him in your lineup. There's no question about it. He's the alpha wide receiver. If if Anthony Richardson were playing, I would be I don't want to take away from what Gardner Minshew's Gardner Minshew's been doing either. But I think there might even be some more upside moving forward next season once Anthony Richardson's back. Because it's gonna be awesome. We know that my that he is a damn good wide receiver. That's yeah. the takeaway no question. from this. And if you have him in Dynasty, nice little pleasant surprise for sure. Because, you know, we didn't know what kind of receiver we're going to get with him coming out of USC. Uh, now we know. Yeah. Uh, so I have CeeDee Lamb at number one in my rankings. Uh, a lot of scoring expected by Vegas in this one. 49.5 point total. One point spread with the Dolphins favored by one with them being at home. So they're expecting a close game, which is what you want to see. Because close games mean, you know, back and forth, more more scoring, more, you know, 
needing to score. That's what you want. Yep. Um, I, I'd imagine the Dolphins, you know, try and run the game as much as they can against the Cowboys, similar to what the Bills did last week. Maybe try to repeat what they did. Um, you know, they already have one of the most effective run games in the NFL. Tyreek Hill's, no, no, not 100%. He's banged up. Um, by the way, he will play this week. Yep. Um, that was already announced. So will Devon Achan. Um, Dallas, you know, probably throwing the ball a ton, you know, with how good the Dolphins run game, run defense has been, right? Because I don't, I don't know right. if they want to run down the middle with Tony Pollard right now. Um, is that how you see this game going? Yeah. Um, so I will, I will, I will, I'm going to lean back on this. You know, if you want to think that the same thing's going to happen, you know, that happened last week, you know, the Bills obviously gave him the blueprint, the Dolphins, the blueprint of how they can win the game against the Cowboys. And that wasn't good for the Cowboys in terms of fantasy because then they were just behind and they just got dominated. But the Dolphins have the personnel to do that. The thing about the Cowboys, though, is they haven't lost back-to-back games in – two years just about two years so they tend to bounce back well from a loss so that's what we've seen that's what history tells us i think the offense is gonna be much better for the cowboys i think it's going to be a close game <laughs> dallas is different on the road they're not going to be blowing anybody out on the road but they're going and they're, i think they're going to have a much better game closer to the game that they had with the eagles earlier in the season remember that was a close game high scoring plenty of fancy points in that one dallas did end up losing that one but that's the type of game that we're looking at anyway here so CeeDee Lamb actually has a tough matchup in t- like in terms of on paper. You talk about slot re- slot wide receivers. The Dolphins are allowing the fewest uh, fantasy points to slot receivers this season. But you can't worry about Lamb because he's been pretty much matchup proof. Even last week when nothing was going right for the Cowboys, he had 18 points. He had his touchdown. You know, So you're just starting him 100%. He's going to be the wide receiver one on the week. And it's also kind of because like we, we talked like talk about Tyreek Hill in that same game. He's banged up. If he were fully healthy, I'd probably have him ranked as wide receiver one. A.J. Brown, yeah. the offense has been sluggish in Philly. I don't want to go back on him until we see it start to happen. The target share has been there, but we just see that the Eagles offense hasn't been firing on the same cylinders that it was earlier in the season. So it's partially it's partially the guys that are ranked around him, the guys beneath him, not being ranked at wide receiver one that are putting C.D. Lamb up there, but he's going to get it done regardless. Yeah, because like when I look past him, I'm like, well, do I want to put that guy at number one? Not really. Exactly. Do I put that guy yeah. number one? Not really. <laughs> just like I just I, depend, I just like rely on CD the most, right? He's yeah. kind of the guy who I have the highest highest expectations from this week. Um, and, and by the way, on Tyreek, um, I'm definitely playing him. Okay, he's gonna be in my lineup. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> straight line speed is gonna be there. Like cutting can be an issue, but I'm sure they'll figure that out. Okay. Right. Um. I okay, so one guy I thought that I was going to potentially put at number one was Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, he's at number two for me. I didn't move him up. Um, I was considering putting him at one because of the matchup. The Vikings are playing very good defense right now, uh, but they do play too high safety coverage at the fourth highest rate in the league. And Amon Ra is fifth among wide receivers in yards per route run against too high. So he excels against this type of coverage that Minnesota plays. Um, this feels like a blow up spot for me. And yeah. if you have Amon Ra. That's exactly what you're hoping for in the semifinals. And it's a high stakes game, too. You just look at, you know, obviously the Lions haven't clinched playoff spot yet. They're pretty they're going to be in the playoffs, but they haven't clinched playoff spot. They could do a lot of work. I don't know. They might be able to clinch the division this week, depending on how the game goes. I'm not exactly sure aware of those scenarios, but we know that it's going to be two, you know, quality teams going against each other. We just saw the Vikings in a game against the, the Bengals last week. It was a high scoring game back and forth. So, so that, that was cool. So I, I think we're looking at the same thing here. I don't think that the Vikings are going to roll over and die. The Lions haven't been playing up to par recently. They did blow out the Broncos, so that was good. But the biggest thing for me, though, with Amon Ross St. Brown is it's going to depend on Jared Goff. They're playing indoors. That's good news. We know that's a difference maker when it comes to Jared Goff. So Jared Goff's going to be fine. I, I think Amon Ross St. Brown, he might be the one that I trust the most to have a safe floor. Like if I want 14, 15 points, that's exactly what I'm going to get with Amon Ross St. Brown. There's upside to, to be had, too. Like, don't get me wrong. But if I look at the types of games that the Lions have been in, you know, he's been pretty reliable. He only had those two games, quiet games, the past three weeks. The rest of the season, he's been super reliable. So I don't have any problems playing him either. I think this could be a really good spot for him to have a huge game as well because it's a division game, too. And he's going to be playing this team again in two weeks later. Obviously, that's not going to be, you know, in the, in the fantasy playoffs at that point. But we haven't seen him against the Vikings this year, and he's been pretty solid through his career um, against the Vikings. Um, the Lions do clinch, by the way, if they get the win against the Vikings. But like you said, <laughs> the chances that they don't make the playoffs is very, 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 very low. Right. Um, I, I love Mike Evans. 
matchup this week. The Jaguars have been very bad against perimeter wide receivers, and Evans should be able to go off in this one. Um, hopefully, like if you have Mike Evans, like you kind of don't want that Chris Godwin blow up game again. Um, I, I doubt it happens again, but he does have a good matchup too because he's been playing more on the outside. Not he's not a slot receiver anymore. Um, but Baker Mayfield, like we talked about yesterday, very good streaming option this week. Um, and if you're starting him, you probably want both guys to do their thing. Uh, they yeah. both have good matchups. So Mike Evans in your lineup, regardless. Um, I have Rashi that, Rice yeah. as a top 10 wide receiver this week, dude. Okay. He's had three top 10 finishes over the last four weeks. His route participation jumped even higher from 82% in week 14 to 93% in week 15. So, uh, and in these last two weeks, Two top 10 finishes. So, favorite Mahomes, wide receiver. He's doing his thing. Keep starting him. Yeah. And th- there's nothing really to be said about this one. I have him as uh, fringe wide receiver one, just for me. Um, Patrick Mahomes hasn't been 100% on, but you can't deny what he's been doing. You have to ride this wave. <laughs> you know, obviously, it's like, oh, you, wave. you look at these past few weeks, it's like, well, why are you doing just these past few weeks? It's the route participation, like you mentioned, that's correlating. It's moving up. That's exactly what you're going to see. And then also target share. He's obviously the guy they trust in the passing game. So he hasn't done, he wasn't doing a whole lot earlier in the season, but at this point, you just ride the wave. There's no question. I, I think that he's going to be the guy that Patrick Mahomes depends on the rest of the way, probably in the playoffs. And his dynasty stock just overall and, and stock for next season, like we're going to be seeing Rashi Rice drafted. Like could Rashi Rice end up being like a late second round pick? I, I could see that being a case, you know, in a redraft next season if he keeps playing like he's playing. You sound like a Rashi Rice hater. <laughs> Where would you put him? I would like, listen. I was a very vocal Rashi Rice. No, 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 no. I'm not even talking about that. I'm not, I'm not even talking about where you would have him next year. Listen, you know me, man. I was not a Rashi Rice guy. Yeah, you know that. No, I know. Right? Like, that's what makes it so funny. Year. I was, <laughs> you know, but listen, I, I, I can change my mind, you know, and I don't think he's all of a sudden yeah. this amazing wide receiver. I think he's the same guy, but like in, in the way that they're playing him, in the scheme that he's in, the way that they're using him, he's producing. You know, yeah, it is what it is. Like I said, you can't deny it. And they say you get new information, you have a new opinion. Like there you go, done. You, you can evolve. 100%. It's fine. Uh, I don't know. I'm being a little stubborn here. Maybe uh, I might be, <laughs> but <laughs> I might be a little stubborn here. But it's it, oh, it's man. fine. I, I'm not denying Rashi Rice should be I, in your lineup 100. percent I, I just not- hear, I just keep hearing you say things like, um. Like, well, you know, being this season, he wasn't really doing much, but, you know, you just got to ride the wave, you know? Well, I, I just <laughs> want to clear that like, up for people because just, earlier in the season. Like, it sounds like somebody who is like, is just like, you know what? This shouldn't that's be happening right now. now, but it's happening. <laughs> that's what I said. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like, we, we talk about it a lot. You're like, what's the process? You were talking to me about like, okay, so why are we picking out these games that we're looking at? You look at these last four yeah. games, three, four games. It's like. You can't really explain it. He's had the route participation go up. You know, that's about it. But the Chiefs figured things out. They made the coaching change at this point. That's why I said you ride the wave. Here's the wave. Just, just ride it. You're just going to let it go by? No. Ride the wave. You're going to be fine. With <laughs> there aren't enough wide receivers at, uh, above him to justify leaving Rashi Rice out of any lineup unless you have six of the top ten guys, which you're not going to have that unless you're in a four-man league. Sorry, it's just it's that's just our spiel. Funny. That's our spiel. This is we've talked about him a lot. I'm having yeah. such a good time with this. Um, <laughs> all right, let's move on. Stefan Diggs. Uh, it's funny that we're talking about Rashi Rice before Stefan Diggs point in the rankings because I do have him over Stefan Diggs this week, but he does have a better matchup against the Cowboys. Uh, he had a better matchup against the Cowboys last week and he looked great to start off, but then the Bills just stopped throwing the ball. They just ran the ball the entire time. Josh Allen like hardly threw the ball at all. Um, but 38% target share for Diggs uh, last week. Okay. Um, this week, much, much, much better matchup against the Chargers. Are we finally going to have that Diggs bounce back week? It has to be this yeah. week, right? Yeah. I have him on my list as one of my favorite starts. And I know it's looked bad these past few weeks. But you have to figure, like we mentioned, obviously last week, last year, last week, sorry, was a really odd game script. Nobody thought that the Bills were just going to shut down the passing game like that, but they did. And you can't blame them. You know, and that's not a Stefan Diggs problem. It's not like, oh, Stefan Diggs, you know, this is going to be the norm every single week that the Bills found something that was working and they just kept doing it. And that's fine. You you had James Cook. James Cook had his blow up game. Everybody was happy except the guys going against him. Fine. The price of a James Cook blow up game was Stefan Diggs not getting it done. But he's had a 28% target share over the past five weeks during this cold streak that he's been on four finishes outside the top 45 since week 11. 
he's faced tough defenses. Like Dallas wasn't a fantastic matchup. The Kansas City's a tough matchup. The Jets were a tough matchup. He got it done against Philly. Of course, that was his one game in there where he finished inside the top 45. I think he was a wide receiver. He was like a low, low wide receiver too or something like that. But you look at the Chargers now, they're allowing the most fantasy points of wide receivers on his right side where he runs most of his routes the last four games and over the course of the season. So I think this is a smash start, assuming that the Bills don't go back to that same game plan. Because when you look at the top matchups for like each team, the Chargers are top seven in ev- against every single team, against every <laughs> single position in terms of fantasy points allowed. They allow fantasy <laughs> points so to crazy. everybody. So that's what's tough. It makes ranking them tough. It's like you'd be like, oh, well, we Stefan Diggs is going to have a big game because quarterbacks and wide receivers get it done against the Chargers. But so do the running backs. And then like, oh, the tight ends also get it done. It's like, is it going to be a Dalton Kincaid game? Just start everybody because we see the Chargers. They're so unmotivated out there anymore. And I don't blame them. Their team has just gone to crap. Nobody was bought in with the coach. Keenan Allen, I think he's out. I wouldn't be surprised if he's just pulling the plug at this point. I think if it were Justin Herbert and the Chargers had a chance at the playoffs, Keen Allen would probably be playing this week, but he's just looking at what's going on and being like, this isn't worth, you know, putting myself out there and, you know, on the line for again, like, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. So the chargers are going to allow a lot of points. You start everybody in this matchup. I think Stefan Diggs is finally going to get back into that realm where we want him to be as a wide receiver one this week. I love it. Um, How do you feel about T Higgins, man? 19% target share last week, but no Jamar chase this week. Um, I do have him as a wide receiver too. This week, um, I think the upside is why you should have him in your lineup. Pittsburgh has been playing well against perimeter wide receivers lately, uh, giving up the second fewest fantasy points to them over the last four weeks. But they haven't really gone against any like juggernauts um, these past weeks outside of Jamar Chase, you know, four weeks ago um, where, you know, he didn't have a big game. But I think that's because the ball was really spread out a whole lot. And that was, um, you know, that was the first start, I think, without Joe Burrow. Um, So, you know, Joey Porter. You know, could be shadowing him in this one. Um, I don't necessarily give the edge to Porter. You know, he had a, he's having a very, very good rookie year. Um, yeah. But I think T. Higgins could potentially, um, you know, outshine his coverage in this game. Yeah. It, it, T. Higgins is one of those guys, and I would lump him in. I don't want to say he's one of the best ever, but he's one of the best the NFL has in terms of jump ball, go up and get it, that type of 50-50 pass. Like, and if you're throwing those types of balls to him in the end zone, he's going to come down with one or two. And we saw it last week. <laughs> you know, He ended up scoring those touchdowns. For me, though, it's just the way that this offense has operated since Jake Browning has come in, it's been a very balanced passing attack. They're not targeting anyone you know, at, at an extreme level. You know, Since Jake Browning has come in, you know, he hasn't had more than four catches in a game in the three starts with Jake Browning under center. T. Higgins hasn't. Obviously, he got it done last week with some touchdowns. But five different players have a 13-plus percent target share with Jake Browning under center. That's Jamar Chase. He's going to be out. So maybe things shift a little bit more in T. T. Higgins' way. Then Tyler Boyd also had 13%. Tanner Hudson, out of nowhere, comes up and he has target share suddenly. And then Joe Mixon also has a target share as well, as well as T. Higgins. So the ball is being spread out. We're not seeing uh, Browning hyper-focus on T. Higgins like we would have seen Joe Burrow do with Jamar Chase, and I think that's what's going to limit his upside. I don't think a 25-plus percent target share is really likely <laughs> with Jake uh, Jake Browning at quarterback. That's what's my that's my concern with T. Higgins. I do have him also as a low wide receiver, too, just because, like I said, some of that target share could come over from Jamar Chase. He's going to be out. T. Higgins is obviously going to be the number one. But like you mentioned, too, the Steelers are allowing the fewest fantasy points to wide receivers on the perimeter in the past four weeks. So they've definitely tightened things up a little bit in that sense. So I'm limiting. I'm tempering my expectations. He doesn't have a whole lot of upside, but I still think he's worth a start, especially with Jamar Chase out. Where do you have him? Do you have him as a wide receiver three this week? I have him as t- at 20. So he's a low wide receiver. Okay. Two. Okay. Yeah. okay we're, we're very much on the same page because when I, I just looked, and I think you had, you, you had him at 19 or something mm-hmm. like that. So we're on the same page. But I'm just a little bit more concerned. Like I said, that target share just scares me. And that's been the case. I've noticed that every time you watch a game, it's like everybody is getting targets. They're not just leaning yeah. into one guy. And that's not ideal for fantasy football. But still, it's just something that I've noticed more than I would with other teams. Like Jake Browning yeah. is distributing the ball at a very high rate. Yeah. But, he, you know, he's playing well, I will say. Yeah, you, you can't take that away from him. Yeah. He's petition well. level. He's playing well. But, you know, he is distributing the ball way more than we'd like for fantasy purposes, for sure. Um, yeah. By the way, guys, if you want our rankings, upperhandfantasy.com. You can go check our rankings out there. It was just updated before this podcast, before before we started recording today. So it should be updated. I'm going to have another ranking set out tomorrow on Saturday morning, and then I'll have another one out on Sunday. Okay. Remember, 
we have two Saturday games. Okay, so <laughs> make sure you set the lineup before Saturday, yeah. uh, before the games start on Saturday. I don't like these games being all over the place because then like weird shit sucks, happens man. in them. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's it just, sucks because it's just like it's just way too much going on. It's like you got the Thursday game, you got two Saturday games, you got a Sunday game, you got Christmas games. It's just like it's just a lot. Just leave it all on <laughs> Sunday. <week. laughs> Especially like, Sunday. what's the point of having three games on Christmas? <laughs> you know, like I, I would have been fine with just like they're, they're trying to pull a Thanksgiving. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to make another Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is its own thing. Like what? They're gonna yeah. are they gonna slap like mistletoe patches on the jerseys now for for, <laughs> for Christmas? You know what I mean? They put the John Madden ones. Those ones were cool. Like I like that yeah. they put the John Madden patches on jerseys. That's cool. John Madden Thanksgiving, awesome. But you can't make a second Thanksgiving with Christmas. That's just not how it works. Like I want to just be sitting, hanging out with family. I mean, I guess having one game on isn't a problem. Like it was awesome watching Antonio Brown. I think that they, they won the division on that one where he stretched in the end zone. I don't know if you remember that one against the Ravens. That one was awesome. One game's cool, but I don't want to have to pay attention to all three because we're going to have to go on a podcast then and we're going to have to talk about it. It's like, uh, well, I'm going to enjoy my Christmas. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it, it might make sense for us to record the podcast instead of having the podcast out on Sunday. Like maybe we just record it like Tuesday morning or something right after Christmas. I don't know. Because then we could actually go through everything along with the waiver wire options and all that. I think that's what we have to do next week. A Christmas, we'll the day after Christmas Megapod. I, I don't know how many people are going to be listening to the podcast on Christmas Day. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> they're going to be playing They're going to be playing their Christmas music. That's what it's going to be. Or maybe we, oh, maybe sorry. We need... it, was this mic on? I had no idea. We, we just went into full uh, podcast planning mode just now for next week. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we should record a Christmas album. That's what we need to do so that people can get the fill of us. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Oh man! Just, I, we're, we're I watched the video. Team. I watched a video on uh, Mariah Carey's earnings, uh, just off of "All I Want for Christmas Is You." Off of that one song, oh she basically God. just lives off of that song. Like that's like you all could? she does. And yeah. She she just like pops up out of her sh- out of her her cave uh, during Christmas time, and then just makes all her money and just goes back in. That's yeah. basically what we we need a Christmas classic, and then we'll that's be fully we set. Yeah. We need like a fantasy football version of a Christmas classic. I think you're onto something. We'll, we'll record something in January. Um, <laughs> so uh, after what I saw from Jordan Addison last week, you know, obviously there's a quarterback change here. We have a quarterback who now is willing to, you know, throw it to Jordan Addison, six for six, over, over 100 yards last week. That touchdown, big play. Um, you know, I'm, I'm much higher on Jordan Addison this week because they're going up against the Lions. And yeah. we know. Lions are one of the better matchups for perimeter wide receivers. Um, they have given up the uh, six most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers on that left side. And that is where Jordan Addison runs only uh, what 31% of his routes from. It's not that much. I thought it was more than that. Um, but he actually lately, he's actually been running routes more on the perimeter, more on that right side that he was than he was earlier on in the year. Uh, but this is a good matchup for wide receivers overall. Um, so I, I, I like him in this game. You know, they've given up the ninth most fantasy points to wide receivers this year. Um, so I think Jordan Addison, you know, a lot more willing to put him in my lineup this week. Yeah, and he scored two touchdowns, obviously, last week. And I'm not expecting that same type of performance. I think Justin Jefferson is going to be back even healthier than he was last week. He was healthy last week, but I think he's going to be even healthier this week. We saw Justin Jefferson get 30% target share and 52% air yard share last week. It led the team, both of them. But the biggest thing for me is that Nick Mullins is the closest thing that the Vikings have had to Kirk Cousins since he went down. (laughs) Josh Dobbs wasn't doing it, obviously. Jaron Hall, we didn't see a whole lot from him. So you kind of have to just not judge anything off of that, you know, with him at quarterback. But and you look at Nick Mullins, the way that he was throwing the ball, spreading the ball around, they were quality targets that were going to receivers. You called this out last week. You said that Nick Mullins, you know, he has the weapons. All he has to do is, you know, work in that system that Kevin O'Connell has there. And we saw that with Nick Mullins. So with Jordan Addison, I'm definitely more inclined to start him this week because this is the closest we've seen to what we were getting earlier in the season when Jordan Addison was doing his thing, even with Justin Jefferson in the lineup. You know, the touchdown upside could be back. There was a dry spell in there while they figured out the quarterback situation, but I think Nick Mullins gives them their best chance. He, he, he ran the most dynamic Vikings offense we've seen since Kirk Cousins went down. That's the biggest yeah. difference for me. You know, Detroit's allowing the six most fantasy points to wide receivers on the left side. That's why I like Justin Jefferson in this one. Obviously, you're starting Justin Jefferson over Jordan Addison, but don't be hesitant to put, to put Jordan Addison in your lineup either because if, if there's going to be a team leading in this game, it's going to be the Lions, and then that's also going to make a game script where the Vikings are going to be passing the ball a lot. So I think Jordan Addison, he's a fine start. I'm not calling him a wide receiver two, but I do think that he's a solid wide receiver three 
that you can get away with with some upside. I, I actually do have him as as a low end wide receiver too this I week. Saw I have that. him as yeah. wide receiver yeah. twenty three this week, um, just because of the matchup really. Um, I'm a little the guy I have right under him is Calvin Ridley, and I would have had Calvin Ridley a lot higher. I had him higher earlier in the week, you know. But Trevor Lawrence, there's a chance that he doesn't play. Doug Peterson is calling it a coin flip, whether he, Trevor Lawrence plays or not, and if and it really like it all depends on that. Right, because if Calvin really yep. plays in this game, this is a really, really good matchup against Tampa Bay. I want him in my lineup. Um, I think he will do his thing. He's been getting the target share ever since Christian Kirk went down. Zay Jones is also down. This is one guy, one wide receiver that's going to be getting these targets. It's going to be him, him and Evan Ingram at tight end. So I really want him in my lineup. The problem is that it might end up being C.J. Beathard at quarterback this week, um, and. Regardless, I do think so. I have my wide receiver 24, assuming Trevor Lawrence does not play. Okay. So, which means that I do still think he can get it done for you in your lineup because of the matchup, because the matchup is so good. However, I'm a little worried. You know, I'm tempering expectations if Lawrence does not play. If Lawrence doesn't play, how confident are you uh, in playing him? And also, if Lawrence plays, are you willing to put him in your lineup? And would you rather start him over a guy like? Uh, Jordan Addison. So Trevor Lawrence or Calvin Ridley over the lineup? Because like, because the question is who is playing. It, the tro- so, question is, yeah, is Trevor I will Lawrence say, playing? Let, let me reframe the question. If if Trevor Lawrence is playing, where would you have Calvin Ridley? And if Trevor Lawrence does not play, where would you have Calvin Ridley? And in either scenario, I think regardless, if Trevor Lawrence plays, you would probably play him over Jordan Addison, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Trevor Lawrence is playing. Calvin Ridley, obviously, he's going to be playing. If Trevor, if Trevor Lawrence, Lawrence does I'd not play, play. Yeah, if he doesn't play, I'd have him where I have him right now. I'm assuming that Trevor Lawrence isn't going to play. I have him as a wide receiver 23. So okay. <laughs> I'm right there with him, pretty much where you have him. But if he plays, if Trevor Lawrence plays, this is a good matchup. I'd probably slide him in. He'd probably become wide receiver 15. He'd probably be a fringe wide receiver yep. one for me. That puts him right over uh, Devontae Adams. You right underneath Chris Olave. And it's easy to say, like, of course, I'm going to put him underneath Chris Olave, but I, I, I'm a Chris Olave guy. He's getting the target share every single week. It's just Derek Carr is very mid, and he got it done this week, luckily, because they were in a negative game script. They were just throwing chunk plays the whole time. But I am going to, I swear I would put him. I think Calvin Ridley becomes a fringe wide receiver one if Trevor Lawrence plays. I don't want to just rely on that 100% because Trevor Lawrence has been playing battered pretty much this whole back half of the season. So I don't know what he would look like, but there's a chance that things could go really well, like you mentioned, with this matchup being what it is. The Buccaneers allow, allow a lot of fancy points. So that's where I would put them. Um, that's where I would put him based on each scenario. Okay. I think that makes sense. All right. I'm going down my wide receiver list right now. Um, how are we feeling about Nico Collins, man? Because it doesn't look like CJ Stroud's going to suit up. It does look like, C- like Nico Collins is going to play. Now we're faced with a conundrum. Right. Denzel Ward is back. He is playing. So the Browns passing defense is going to be better than it has been over the last several weeks. Um, obviously, Ward was back in the lineup last week and we saw the effect that it had. Um, now, I don't want to trust Davis Mills. Right. And we talked about it yesterday on the podcast a little bit. I, I don't know how much I trust Nico Collins. Like, I love him as a player, as everybody knows, but I, I don't trust the situation because the matchup isn't is pretty tough. Like last week. We obviously had a very, very good matchup for these wide receivers in Tennessee. Noah Brown was able to do his thing, but that's not the mm-hmm. case this week. Like, now, what gives? The matchup or Nico Collins just being a baller? Right. Now, did, did I miss something? Is, is it Davis Mills this week or is it Case Keenum? Uh, I forgot. I'm sorry. I, I meant Case Keenum. Here. I'm sorry. It, it, it yeah. was Case Keenum last week, too. Uh, right. I, I meant to say okay. Case Keenum. Okay. <laughs> I was like, no, I was like, whoa, when did Davis Davis Mills come here? Because I ranked him assuming Case Keenan was a quarterback. Like, if it was Davis Mills, it'd be much worse. <laughs> if, if I'm, I'm, I'm going to get a lot of DMs uh, today or, or like this week saying like, hey, for us, like, is everything okay? Like, are you doing okay? Like, I just want to make sure that like, you it's know, sad. Just, yeah, it's just, sad. it is the end of you the You should week. see a doctor. Yeah. No, nah, it's fine. But for, for, for me, with Nico Collins, I think I'm, I think I'm going to start him. <laughs> you know, if I have him, I think I'm going to start him. It's a tough matchup, 100%. And you have the question mark at quarterback, you know, what's it going to be like? Case Keenum didn't look that bad last week. And granted, it was an easy matchup for wide receivers. Noah Brown got it done. But I think Nico Collins is good enough where he's going to make himself at least serviceable in your lineup this week. We've seen him earn the targets this whole season. Obviously, it's not C.J. Stroud throwing the ball. 
But Noah Brown, I don't think he's going to out-target or push to out-target Nico Collins if he plays. And I think there's a good enough baseline. We've seen wide receivers and quarterbacks get it done against the Browns. Obviously, Denzel Ward being back does change things a little bit. But I don't think the Texans are that bad. I don't think, even with Case Keenum at quarterback, I don't want to just let it go. It might, it probably feels like the biggest gamble of your life because right now we have zero (laughs) games of precedence between Case Keenum and Nico Collins. We we just don't have anything to go off of. So here it's just like blind faith. I'll tell you where I have. I have to check. I don't know off the top of my head, but let me see, let me see. I am on the quarterbacks page. <laughs> I, I have him I, at, at twenty six right now. I have him as a thirty six. I have him as a low wide receiver three. I do think there's upside oh, wow. there. I, I have him as a really low, well. low wide receiver three. But yeah, I but thought listen, you were going to say that you have him as like a mid wide receiver two or something. Oh like no, 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 no. I, I don't have that much faith in him. <laughs> so what, what you're saying? What I'm saying is he belongs in lineups. Really if you saying. have three wide receivers, go ahead. Yeah. Here's what you're yeah. really saying: that you're not benching him. That's what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. It's not. I'm not saying I'm starting him. I'm saying I'm not benching him because I, I think that's a good way to put it. So. <laughs> right. What I'm saying is, in our leagues, or a lot of the leagues that I play in, you have three wide receivers and a flex. So I'm considering him in the wide receiver three spot and the flex spot this week. I'm not thinking about benching him unless you have some fantastic option behind him. But chances are you're choosing between Collins and some guy like Josh Downs. And I'm starting Nico Collins over Josh Downs. That's where I'm at. So I talked to Steve yesterday about this. Okay. And here's my dilemma in our league that I, I beat you in last week. Um, of course, let's I'm just sure throw that detail in there. You don't have to throw that detail in there. You can just say we're in the to. league together. <laughs> I had no choice. Um, so in the semifinals, right, I have the choice. And I didn't think Nicole Collins was going to be a choice for me, to be honest with you, because I didn't think he was going to play. I, I had Nicole Collins against Cleveland, Devin Singletary against Cleveland, and I have and Kenneth Walker if he, if he ends up playing. And here's where I'm leaning right now. Right. I'm leaning towards Devin Singletary right now. I, I think I would agree. And the only reason is, like I said, we're going to fall back on. We're, we have nothing to fall back on with Nico Collins and Case Keenum. It's a tough matchup through the air. We saw, you know, it, it came back. Denzel Ward comes back and makes a difference. And Devin Singletary has just been on absolute heater in terms of the volume. He owns the Texans backfield. He's doing very good in the Texans backfield. It's not this. It's not the upside pick. Devin Singletary, but I think he's the safest option given the circumstance. And I, I had Puka. I had. I just had Puka go off. I had Kyron Williams do his thing in this in this league. I kind of feel like I go with the safe play. I think the safe plays. I think Singletary is probably the, the guy that I might have to go with here. I think what ha- I think you add that context too. You had Puka do his thing. He had thirty three points, and then Kyron Williams comes in and he had probably had sixteen points based on what we what yep. he did. You know, I think it was one hundred four yards and a touchdown. So now yep. you have the wiggle room to play it safe. You know, they've given you the upside already. You can play it safer, put Devin Singletary in there. I don't think at the end of the day, there's going to be that much of a difference between what Nico Collins and Devin Singletary do if you compare them. Obviously, it's apples to oranges with a running back and a wide receiver. But I think their fantasy production is going to be pretty, pretty similar in this one, just based on how the matchups gotcha. shake out. All right. So I am a little higher on... Nico Collins than you are. That's good to know. Definitely. All right, we only I'm have five. We only have a few more minutes to talk about tight ends. There's not much to talk about, but I do want to mention a few of these guys real quick. Um, a couple yep. guys that have um, good matchups, like um, David David Njoku. You know the Texans. You know they're going up against the Texans this week. The Texans play too high safety coverage at the seventh highest rate, one point six seven yards per route run for Njoku against too high safety coverage this year. That's the eighth highest among all tight ends. This is the type of coverage that he excels against. So he is ranked pretty high for me. Where's he at for you this week? You didn't rank him over Travis Kelsey, like I said, we could? No? <laughs> no? I, I, was clo- I was close, but no, I did not. I did right, not no. David Njoku, I'm at five. And I think you have him at five, too. I do. Right? I do. Yeah. Very, very good no, start no, this I, week. He's been yeah. getting it done with, with, uh, with Joe Flacco. Um... Are we going to be talking about out. Trey McBride? Like, freaking, you talk about the matchup there, and I know you haven't won. No, no. Yeah, I have, you haven't won. Have my one? You haven't won, bitch. I have my one. I thought we were, I I I thought we were on the Travis Kelsey. It's official. We were... It's official. Trey McBride <laughs> has overtaken Travis Kelsey as number one tight end in the NFL for fantasy football. See, 
now you're the trailblazer. I was going to do that, but I was like, <laughs> he's not going to rank Trey McBride over Travis Kelsey. No, he's going to wait till next season to do that. Nope, it's happened. And now you're the trailblazer. I'm sitting here. I have Trey McBride in my rank is a two like an idiot. <laughs> but let me guess. You really like him this week. Oh, my God. Look at his matchup, dude. And I know you can't really buy so much into the tight end matchups here. You know, it's just a crapshoot. But the Bears are allowing the third most fantasy points to tight ends this season. Just going to throw that one out there. Technically, it's second because the Broncos and Bengals are tied at first. So it's just like it's a fantastic matchup. Obviously, he's getting the target share. He's starting him like this is tight end one talk that we're we're having. Like overall tight end one talk with Trey McBride. It's great. So so you know how I've been talking about like single high, who does well against single high, two high, right? And we talked about this with Steve last week. There are two tight ends who excel in both coverages. Travis Kelsey and Trey McBride. Okay. What's his name? So oh, you, you don't have good. to worry about Trey McBride at all. Nope. Okay. It is set and forget at this point. Yeah. Set and, just set and forget. Um, I do want to mention Darren Waller real quick. A lot of people are asking questions about him. Um, very, very good matchup against Philly. You can just look at the fantasy points allowed. Um, but also the type of mat, the type of um, coverage that they deploy, eighth highest rate single high safety coverage. Waller one point eight eight yards per route run against single high. That's the eighth highest among all tight ends. So Darren Waller, I think his routes are going to go way up this week. Um, I think he's going to lead the Giants in targets, lead the Giants in production. So I think Darren Waller makes a pretty decent tight end play. I have him at tight end ten. I actually have him over Dalton Kincaid this week. That might be a little crazy. Um, but I do. Uh, who would you rather play this week, Waller or Isaiah Likely? Uh, okay, I thought you were going to ask Kincaid. <laughs> I was going to say Kincaid, okay. but then also Likely. I, I think I'm yeah. putting Likely over Waller just because I think the offense yeah. is better. And I, I know the Eagles have been tough, you know, obviously yep. on the back end. They don't do a whole lot. You know, they allow a lot of points. But I think I trust Isaiah Likely just a little bit more with the way that Lamar Jackson's yeah. been targeting him. Because I agree. The, I have- the guys that have been suffering from like swings in terms of their target share and the Ravens offense, it's been the receivers. It's been Zay Flowers. It's been Odell Beckham. It hasn't been Isaiah Likely. He's been getting a consistent target share. Yeah, I do have Likely one spot over Waller as well. Um, I do want to just mention real quick a couple of streaming options that are little sleepers. Hunter Henry against Denver. We see Denver. Laporta just dropped three touchdowns against them last week. Just even before that game, though, they've been really, really bad against tight ends. Not only that, Hunter Henry, since, you know, we had the quarterback, uh, the quarterback change, Right, he has been Bailey's Hunter happy. Henry's. Yeah. Hunt, Bailey Zappi, you know, Hunter Henry has been just on fire. Right, so um, I think he's a decent start. Also, a little bit of a sleeper, Cole Komet this week. Um, Cardinals play two high safety coverage at the second highest rate in the NFL. Now I know Cardinals are not the team that gives up a ton of fantasy points to the tight end position, but Cole Komet one point seven eight yards per run against two high safety coverage. That's the seventh highest. So I understand that the Cardinals have been, you know, pretty good against limiting tight end production. But I think that Cole Komet could end up getting it done for you. But I'm not starting him over the guys I just mentioned. But I do think that he could get it done this week. That's going to yeah. do it for this episode, guys. The uh, the rankings, upperhandfantasy.com. You can go check out all of our rankings. We'll be updating them throughout the weekend. Have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Christmas. Have a very, very happy holidays. And we'll see you soon. All right. Take it easy. Good luck this weekend. I love you. Bye.